Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. It's a real privilege to be here. If you don't know me, my name is Jason Ford, F-O-R-D, like the car, truck. This is my wife, Amy. If you don't know her, you should. She's an awesome woman of God. We have walked out this thing called faith in Christianity and living for Jesus since 2003. Uh, I was radically saved out of a lifestyle of drugs and addiction in 2003. Formerly, I played on the other team. I was involved in a lot of things I shouldn't be involved in. One being I was a proclaimed Satanist, devil worshiper, into very demonic, occultic things for many years. And God, in His mercy and His grace, He called me, saved me, delivered me, set me free from drugs and alcohol. He gave me a wonderful wife and three beautiful children. And uh, we ended up being called to be missionary of sorts, missionary of sorts. And we have the opportunity to really travel all over the earth. It's been a real amazing journey to see what God's done. And I give all the credit to our Lord Jesus Christ, because apart from Him, my life was absolutely falling apart. Uh, by the time I was 23, I'd already had two drug overdoses, been arrested, been in trouble, uh, so many things, just not a good life, not a good way. Uh, I want to encourage you this morning, before I even start, Jesus will be the best thing you ever do in your life. If you are not following him and you're on the fence about serving him and you're here this morning, I want to encourage you, you can start today and call upon that great name, the Savior of the earth, Jesus Christ, to forgive your sins. He will, and he'll come into your life. And I can promise you, you will not regret it. So if you want to say that prayer, come see some of these young people. Come see me. We'll pray for you. I also want to introduce real quick some friends of mine. Matter of fact, why don't you stand up, brother? So this man right here is a fiery man of God, originally from where? Brazil. He's from Brazil. Come on, man. And uh, I met this, uh, this precious man of God and his wife. I uh, don't know where his wife's at right now, but she's in the cafe. Hey, in the cafe. So just introduce yourself and just say who you are, your wife's name, and what your ministry and your mission is uh, uh, in England there, and then I'm going to preach. Okay. Huh. My gosh, this is... <laughs> well, my name is Ellie Elder, but many people call me Ellie. Um, I'm original from Brazil, but I've been living in the UK for four years, and my wife and I... She coming. Hey. There's a beautiful lady that I love. And uh, she's so powerful woman of God as well. I love her. Come here to stay here with me. <laughs> so uh, we are um, missionaries from Iris Global. And many people know here, highly. Iris. Woo. Yes. And, uh, and we're here in Nashville for two weeks. We came here for the Iris gathering. We, ha- we will have an Iris gathering uh, here in Nashville for two weeks. And, and we're going to get ordained. Anyway, uh, we are so excited to be here to see. Um, this is my first time in America. And uh, to see as well, like some, yeah, woo. Yes, thank you. Uh, 
Yes, um, we have a, um, planted a base in the UK. We work in Glastonbury, and if, if people know Glastonbury in the UK, it's like a really famous for festivals. And we work with druggies uh, and um, people um, involved with witchcraft and um, broken in love with people. And uh, we love them so much. And uh, God, like, he invite, uh, sent it to us there to just shine in the darkness. That's as the Bible said, the, high, the, the lights cannot, cannot hide, in, but it's shining. You need to shine in the darkness. And that we, we love and to carry his presence, to give his all glory. And now you're so honored to be here, to talk to some people here, and uh, yeah, to see America. Yes. Hey. Um, I just love Nashville because it just, it feels a bit like Glastonbury because it just feels like the people come here because they're searching for something. And um, yeah, I just, I love the fact that you guys go out on the street and just love them and stuff because there's so many broken people that are just, they're coming here because they want something and, and actually what they want is Jesus. And, um, and so just, yeah, just keep loving those people just amazingly. Can I quickly tell about my house? Because I just feel like this is a, this is a something that, that needs to be broken through in so many people. Um, the last eight years, I've been declaring that God has a paid-off house for me that people can encounter God in. And um, when we get back from America, we're going to receive it. Um, <laughs> and I just... Yeah, and and so basically, um, we like like the situation um, in a lot of places. We couldn't afford to live in England anymore. Um, all the rents have gone up. We live by faith. We're missionaries, and um, yeah, and we were we were renting somewhere. Someone was being nice to us and doing it cheap and stuff. That we had to move out in August, and so a month before we had to move out, we're like, okay, let's start looking around houses and faith. We need a mission base. You know, so we started looking around houses. We found this four-bedroom house, well, five, five if you count a room downstairs. And um, the, the guys said, hey, how are you going to pay for this? And we said, cash. And we, we didn't have anything. We, well, we had a bit, but we didn't have, we didn't have cash. Anyway, so um, we looked around the house. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's, we, yeah, that's what we need. Okay, God, we need a miracle. And, and we were getting to the point that basically if, if God didn't turn up on this miracle... You know, we had to leave England because we can't afford to live there anymore, you know. And so it was a desperate kind of, ah, God, please. And I know that some other people probably feeling like a desperate, I need, I need a miracle. I just want to just encourage you, God is the God of miracles. And, um, and anyway, so we, we, we said to our people, please pray. And uh, we got a message saying, how much money do you need? And we told them and they said, oh, well, I've got that money. And, um, and we were like, oh, can we borrow it? You know, like, and they're like, no, 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 I want to give it. <laughs> and, and every single part of it, God has been on. I had a list of two pages of like, God, if you don't give me this miracle, this miracle, this miracle, then it's not going to happen and we're going to have to move countries. I just want to say God is faithful. Amen. You know, if you need money to, to live and stuff, just, just start giving. You know, our whole, our whole thing, we do declarations, I declare, you know, but I always say, like, if I need money, I put, a, I put load more money into the collection. I, I give money, I, you know, because that's how, that's how the kingdom of God works. It's upside down. You know, you don't give to receive, but you give into the kingdom and you put seeds down and, 
yeah, I just want to encourage you that that's how we live our life and, and, and we're just living in the fullness of the blessing of God. So. And if you were single, my wife, she wrote a book called Supernatural Single. If you want to read this book, it's in the Amazon now in the U.S. as well. Yes, it's true. So I just, I wanted to have my missionary friends that we had an opportunity to go visit them when we were in England. I wanted to honor them and give them a few moments. So I believe that testimony has stirred some folks. And uh, when she says someone gave them money, I want everybody to understand, they, they bought the house for them in cash. Do you understand what I'm saying here? We're talking like, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars that um, was given to them. So God can do anything he wants to do. And uh, I'm in total agreement with her that living a life of generosity is the key. And uh, I want to encourage all of us in that. Praise God. Well, Lord, we just give you praise today. God, we recognize everything that you're doing in the lives of your people God, we give you glory for all the testimonies. God, we give you glory for everything that you're doing in our lives. And Jesus, we thank you that if you never did one more thing for us, you've already done enough because you went to the cross and you died for us so that we could have eternal lives if we would call upon your name. So Jesus, this day... I want to talk about you. I want to give you glory. I want to recognize that beautiful name of Jesus. You are the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no name higher than yours. I give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Amen. Guys, my hope and desire today over the next few minutes here, I got about 25 minutes, that whatever you're going through today, that you will be again stirred and awakened to the call of God in your life. I said, I want you to again awaken to the call of God in your life and get to doing what God has called you to do. Because I'm telling you, uh, I just got back from Africa. I've literally only been back like not 72, 48, 72 hours. I still have the African dirt on the bottom of my feet. And I have seen... Uh, uh, tr tragic things, really. You know, I've seen poverty and, and sickness and uh, death and so many different things. And uh, what it's made me realize, and even here in our own community, and, uh, you know, we've experienced tragedy and death and loss. What it's made me realize is that there is no time like right now. Get to doing what God's called you to do. And what I found for me is, is that uh, the best way forward, the best way to move forward in my life is to begin to turn my eyes to Jesus again and again and again. Every time I focus on what's going on around me and I get my eyes low like on the situation, whether it's finances or sickness or tragedy or Whatever it is, fear, I get lost, I get depressed, I get confused, I don't know which way to, way to go. And so I just want to say today, let's just look at Jesus again. And you know, in the book of Philippians chapter 3, I want to read a few verses here. The Apostle Paul speaking to the Philippians, and he says, my beloved ones, don't you Chapter 3, verse 1, my beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy 
or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. He says here, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. He's talking about the religious leaders of his day that were trying to put these extra requirements upon his life. For it is those who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. I said they say put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, he was a Pharisee. As for zeal, he was persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, he was faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. You can stop right there. Well, we'll do this last one. For what, you can go to the eight. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, who for sake, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. You can leave it there. He said he would consider them garbage. And what I found is, is that unfortunately in life, you know, to be honest with you, when I gave my life to Jesus in 2003, my life so radically changed that all I could think about is Jesus because I lost everything I had before. I didn't, I didn't know what else to do other than put my focus on him and me and my wife. Any, any day the church doors were open, any day there was a prayer meeting, any day we could find a conference, any, any day we could find somewhere to go, we were there. And we did that for probably a decade. But honestly, as life progressed and as stresses increased, what I found is I got my eyes off that surpassing knowledge, that, that, that surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and I started considering things around me as of a value instead of con- considering them nothing in comparison to knowing Jesus. And honestly, I about lost my way a couple times. And I feel like if we're not careful as believers, if we, will, if, we can't, if we don't consistently turn our thoughts back to the Lord Jesus Christ and what He saved us from and what He's done in our life, then we too will find ourselves wandering. And today I just want to call you back. I want to call you back if you're, if you're struggling in your faith, if you've let, your, let circumstances bring you down, if you're heavy burdened. Or maybe you don't know him. I want to call you back to this Jesus. I want to go to verse 12. Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He said he pressed on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I want to say this morning that this walk of faith that we're walking out, things may be okay for you right now, but I'm going to guarantee you they're not always going to be. What I found is, is that sometimes it's a choice just to show up 
and do what God's called you to do. Because many times I don't feel like it. There's been many times where I've been, even in this church right here, as much as I love it, and I did not want to be here that day. But what I found is, is if I will put myself around other people that are hungry for God, and I will take the focus off my own issues, I found that I will progress forward in the things of God, and I will again get myself stirred up. Listen, I was in tears in the back today when I was watching Candace on fire for Jesus. She was so stirred up, and it just does something. And when I look at you young people down here worshiping, it just stirs something in my spirit. When I see people praising our God, I want to encourage you wherever you're at today, put your eyes upon him. You know, so he's, he's talking about pressing on towards the goal, and I just want to make a couple points about that in the few minutes I have left. So what is this goal that he's talking about? The Apostle Paul saying he wants to take hold of something that he's, he's pressing forward. So what are we pressing towards? You know, if you don't know where you're going in life or what you're trying to achieve, uh, you're not going to get anywhere. And the best that I'm understanding this, and there may be some other interpretations of this scripture, but either way, the thing that I'm about to say is going to be very important for all of us. What is the goal? Christ-likeness. It's that simple. Christ-likeness. You know, when people, if you're a professing Christian, when people have interactions with you, they ought to walk away from that interaction and they ought to be reminded of Jesus. It's my goal. Every interaction, when I go place, I, I consciously, when I go out into public and I interact with people, particularly if I'm talking about Jesus or new believers or if, if I'm going somewhere and, and people know who I am and they know I'm a preacher, they know I'm a missionary. I consciously walk into that place thinking, God, how can I look like you in this place? I don't want to look like me anymore. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want my own, you know, I'm going to read a verse in a minute here from Corinthians. You know, Apostle Paul, matter of fact, let's just read it now. You know, the Apostle Paul was determined to come to the people declaring Jesus and his resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 5. I'm just talking about looking like Christ today, guys. I'm talking about getting our eyes upon Jesus. It's not that complicated of a message. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come to you with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I was resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I come to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I want to see the power of God when we show up places. You know, when we show up places, when we go to England or we go to Africa, when I go into a place, I fully expect to walk into that place with the authority of Jesus Christ and the power of God to manifest itself. I fully expect to walk into a place and pray for the sick and them to get healed. I fully expect to walk into a place and the demonic to get so stirred up because of the presence of God in me that demons start to shriek and shrill. And I've seen it many times. I've walked the streets of San Francisco and had people come at me and begin to speak in other demonic languages and, and then begin to say, Who are you? Why are you here? 
demonic manifesting because of the spirit of God that's in me. But not just in me, beloved. It's in all of us. It's in all of us. I'm not special. You know, honestly, I messed my life up. I spent, I, spent, I spent the first half of my life just living how I wanted to and made a total mess. It's only by the grace of God that I can do anything. Apart from God, I'm going to go ahead and guarantee it. Apart from God, at this moment, by this time today, I would have already smoked a couple joints, I'd already had some pain pills, and I'd probably be close to a 12-pack. Period. Because it's about 12. I start drinking when I wake up. That's what I used to do. Paul's continual focus was Jesus, and ours needs to be too. The reason why I want to share this with everybody today is because I started realizing that many times the gospel's so simple and that Jesus is so talked about that we can forget to talk about him. We can get to doing our outreaches and get to doing our preaching and our five points and our series and everything we're doing and get to living life and experiencing the blessings of God and forget about the man who came, who actually walked this earth, to forget to ponder that there actually is a man by the name of Jesus Christ who came down to earth, made himself lower. He's fully God. He's fully man. He's totally unique. His birth was miraculous. Let me just read a little bit more about Jesus. This is a dear brother of mine, Bishop George Kachana. He lives in Kenya. He's a bishop, and I'm going to go and tell you, this man is a man of influence, of power, of authority. He's over 800 churches. This guy, took, when I get in this guy's presence, that authority and that power of Jesus, when I get into his presence, you know he knows God. You walk into his, you, it's like, I prepare myself. Have you ever, I don't know if you've been around people like that. Like you get around them and you're like, ooh, <laughs> these guys are carrying something. Like he has a different level of authority. And I love it that this man who is a theologian, by the way, with degrees and he's over all these churches and seen God come through so many miraculous ways and served him for the past 50 years in ministry. He wrote a book and the name of the book is The Wonderful Name of Jesus. He could have wrote any theological thing and it's okay to, study theological things. I encourage it. But I'm saying he could have wrote anything. And the book he chose to write was was the wonderful name of Jesus. Let me just read a little bit about Jesus. I'm going to make a quick couple points and I'm going to wrap up. Listen to this about this Jesus we serve. Jesus of Nazareth was both man and God. Now that's the first thing we need to realize. I said, Jesus of Nazareth was both man and God. He was the greatest man that ever lived. His birth was extraordinary and miraculous. It was prophesied many years earlier that a virgin would be used by God through the Holy Spirit to conceive a son. His birth was unique. It was announced by the heavenly host, and it caused concern to the rulers of his time. The angels sang about his birth, and a star led the wise man from the east to Bethlehem where he had been born. He was born a sinless savior like no other religious founder. I said he was born a sinless savior like no other religious founder. 
He's not a, just a great teacher. He's not just a great prophet. He's not just a nice guy. He is the Son of Man who came to earth to die upon this earth for our sins and be raised on the third day. I said he was sinless yet human. Unlike other priests who offered sacrifices, he offered himself once as an eternal sacrifice for the sins of the world. His life was extraordinary. He lived a simple yet powerful life. His teachings and miracles touched and blessed humanity. The miracles differentiated him from other religious leaders. The miracles were complete, and their aim was to meet human needs and glorify God. Jesus had and still has authority over the physical and eternal spiritual realms. As human beings who are in most cases restless, our quest for reality is quenched when we encounter him. He made claims to be the way, the truth, and the life. He is God. If there's anything that we can walk away from this place today, I want you to again think about Jesus. We've got to begin to think about this man who walked the earth and not detach ourselves from him just because we can't see him in the flesh. You know, the reality of is this man we're talking about, he modeled a life for us. He lived a sacrificial life. He poured out all he had, even to death. And Jesus told us as followers of him to count the, count the cost. I want to go to Luke chapter 14. I'm going to read that, and I think I just have like one, one more point. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, Jesus was provoking people here, by the way. You know, he would say something, sometimes he would say things to kind of provoke your heart, to provoke your natural mind, to provoke your human wisdom and your normal earthly longings, to provoke you for the things that are most sacred to you. He would provoke you. He would stir you. He's not literally saying coming up and you ought to hate and disrespect your mother and you ought to hate and disrespect your father and not like your brother or sister. No, he's trying to provoke our natural tendencies of the flesh to surround ourselves with things that give us comfort and everything that this life holds that we try to hold on to so tight that can be taken away in a moment. Taken away in a moment. There's people in here that know that feeling. I know that feeling. I buried four of my best friends that didn't get out of the life I lived. I did their funeral for two of them. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. I mean, look, guys, I, I don't, you know, I do mean to and I don't mean to bring us such a heavy message today. I do mean to. Honestly, because, you know, it was just days ago I said 8,000 miles away with people that love God so much and have nothing. I showed up. We decided to 
We bought a couple hundred pounds of grains and, and rice and, and corn. And I said, I said, I told them I was in Uganda. I just got back. I was in Kenya. I was in Uganda. I was in Rwanda. I went to Ethiopia. I went to Athens, Greece. And then I come back home. Praise God. And I landed in London for a little short period too. But I was in Uganda just talking about people who love Jesus no matter what. And uh, we gave like 200 pounds of stuff away, like food and stuff. And I'll never forget going up on to this one uh, a widow lady's basically mud hut. And as we're approaching, I can hear her singing praises to God. She's like, I know she's, I can't understand the language, but I know, I asked my guy, he's like, yeah, she's just praising Jesus inside her little mud hut. She didn't know we were coming. And when we opened the door, uh, we knocked on the little, where we actually said hello or whatever, and she opened this little straw door. She was in there just praising God. And she had this little bowl with, like, just corn kernels in it. And uh, we looked around. You know, that was all that she had left. The harvest uh, in that area was already over. It's not going to come again for a couple months. And she's a widow, and nobody's taking care of her. And she was just in her little hut, eating kernels of corn, praising God. And we showed up with that food and that maize and some soap and sugar and tea. And when she seen it, she just broke down. She literally got down the ground and started weeping at my feet. And she said that morning she was praising Jesus. And she said she didn't know how she was going to eat for the next good ways. That food we gave her would take her about a month. And she said just this, I was having to use a translator. And she said just this morning I was just giving God praise for who he is. And saying, God, will you just provide for me? And then she said, here you are. They call me a mazungu there. That means white man. And they said, here this Mazungu shows up to my mud hut in the middle of Uganda. I said all that to say that even in her weakness, and she has nothing surrounding her but a, a corn, bowl of corn kernels, she was in there praising God. She had laid down her life, had nothing, praising God. And I just want to encourage all of us today that we would again afresh lay down our life. And that's really what I'm saying today. I believe that Jesus is looking for those willing to lay their lives down. He's looking for empty vessels. Listen here. Somebody got a water bottle. Let me see your water bottle, bro. Or whoever. All right. This water bottle, we'll just pretend it's always filled to the top. If this water bottle is completely filled to the top with water, can I pour any more water in it? I cannot pour water into a full vessel. So what am I saying here? What I'm saying is, is that until we empty ourselves out, until we surrender everything to Him and say, God, here I am, an empty vessel. He cannot fill up a full vessel. We have to empty ourselves. Empty ourselves. And you know what I found is every time we empty ourselves, you may tell you one way you can empty yourself. Quit thinking so much about you. The preacher's preaching to himself, by the way. Jason, quit thinking so much about you. Think about somebody else. Think about Jesus. Think about what you can do with your life. Don't waste it. Quit thinking about yourself so much. He's looking for empty vessels. God, I just want to come to you today. God, I want to 
I want to come to you in the weakness of, of who I am apart from you. And I want to come before the people here today. And God, I want to pray that you would, for those that want it, that you would empty us again. God, I pray for empty vessels. I pray that you would help us with the concerns that we have of this world. That you would help turn our eyes again to you and the hope of our calling in Christ Jesus. God, today I break discouragement. I break fear. I break apathy. You know, the reality of it is, is there's some people in this room that the enemy so knows that that God's going to use you that he's trying to make you sleepy. He's trying to make you feel like you don't have a calling, that you don't have a gifting. He's trying to release satanic, demonic forces over your life to stop the plans of God. And today I say no more in Jesus' name. I pray the blood of Jesus over this church. I pray the blood of Jesus over every person that's walked in here. And I say that if you've walked in here today, I pray in Jesus' name that you would be awakened to your calling. I pray the grace of God. I pray the peace of God. I pray the power of God be released from this place this morning. And so, Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your calling. And I pray that, Jesus, you would become real to us, real to us again. I want to close with Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. The Apostle Paul is again talking to the Philippians. Honestly, I think the book of Philippians is a key book for this church right now. Let's go ahead and say that, by the way. You ought to pay attention to what's going on in that book. Philippians 1, verse 6. He said this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. This is what I'm here to say to you today. God is going to complete the work that he has for you if you just don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let whatever you're going through or whatever your mind's telling you or whatever demonic, satanic forces are putting upon you stop you. This is what I found so many times. Now listen. I've dealt with depression, suicide. I've been on, at one point, I was on six different medications for uh, anxiety and depression and bipolar and da-da-da. My grandmother was schizophrenic. My dad was an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My great-grandfather was an alcoholic. But what I found is, if you will just not give up today, Just don't quit today. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about everything else that's going to come. Don't think about all the pain that you're feeling right now. Just focus on today. Turn your eyes to Jesus. He's going to help you. So, God, we give you praise. I thank you that you'll complete every good work. We seal it now so the devil don't steal it, as Pastor Scott would say. We seal it with the blood of the Lamb. The power of Jesus Christ, who has all authority. Amen. Love you guys.